Welcome to the More For Me podcast by yours truly, Kat Nicole. What up, homie? Thank you for tuning in, whether you are watching it on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform. I am so honored to have you with me in the studio. Yet another Tuesday, yet another week in the books, and we are doing this thing here. If this is your first time joining the homie ship, uh, More For Me uh, homies welcome you. We are honored to have you here. And if this is not your first time, welcome back. If you've missed any episodes, make sure you go back and tune in. While you're doing that, make sure you subscribe. I would love to have you uh, all set to listen and engage every week. You can also like, share, rate, and review the podcast or the specific episodes. I would love for you to do that because it lets people know about more for me and that Kat Nicole is here with a message that is worth them listening to. Now, on top of that, I love to have your feedback. What do you think about what's been laid on the wax here on the More For Me podcast? I hope that you've been enjoying it, but if there's something that you haven't been enjoying or that you want to see uh, more of or less of, share. I'm all ears. Definitely listen. Now, today, uh, not just More For Me, but we have a More For Me journey. And I am joined in the studio by uh, one Lamia Ezel. And it was just an amazing opportunity for me. I enjoyed the experience and I hope you do the same. We are going to dig into some of her journey as she is heading towards the more, the destination that God has identified uniquely for her. And I am going, I know, I know that you are going to be blessed by this episode and I know that you're going to want to share it. So make sure you do just that, but go ahead. Listen up, and I'll see you here back in a few. Hey, everybody. Today, today, a day like none other, because I have with me in the studio, Lamia Ezel. Now, this is going to be such a special treat. Um, I have been anticipating and so excited about this opportunity to uh, get in the studio and, and, and talk with Lamia, and I'm so glad uh, to have her here. But beyond the name, you know how I do. We're going to let Lamia uh, introduce herself and tell us a little bit more about her. You got it, Lamia. Hello, hello. So yes, I am Lamia Ezel. Um, I'm not going to talk about myself much, but um, my quick faction is I am a military veteran. I am a member of Sigma Gamma Rho. I am a mom of two boys. And that's that's me, graduated UTA. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and I already gave me a heads up that I was coming back, coming back around. Um, one of the reasons why I was so excited and um, and and am so honored to have Lamia here on the on the podcast with us today is like Lamia. Lamia is an amazing person. I kind of combined amazing and Lamia there for a second, but Lamia is an amazing person, and she. Um, she is such a joy to be around. Uh, she has such a such a pleasant spirit that draws you in, like so positive, so happy, and she has an energy um, that I know you're gonna feel even even in this even in this uh, this episode here that you can feel that energy. Um, but from the moment I saw her, like I saw the energy, I felt it. Um, I saw her interacting and engaging with her son. They were serving. And it was just awesome to see um, a, another person that I happened to meet at church, but uh, still like to be able to um, continue to develop a relationship and connect with her beyond since we have moved from Texas. But like, man, just just like all that she embodies and to see her living out, it's just been um, 
been really good for me to see, uh, really encouraging. So uh, that's why we are here today, because I want to share some of that with you guys. You know, the More For Me Journeys is an opportunity to, to look at someone else's journey and as they head towards that destination of more that God has for them, but to really be able to see, okay, what does that look like? Um, it's different for all of us. The destination is different, but there's things that are being learned and hashed out on that journey that are worth sharing for the rest of us to benefit from. So with all that, Go ahead and jump in, Lamia, wherever you feel like starting. <laughs> so my journey started, uh, I guess the best way to put it, my journey started in an emotional cage, mm. I would say. Um, being a military brat, you are taught that, you know, there's a place for emotions and there's a place to let yourself go and there's a place to very hold it in, keep yourself very grounded, very, you know, foundational. And both of my parents were in the army. So my wow. mom was a military uh, person and so was my father. And my mom actually outranked my father. So with that being said, she had a lot of challenges as just an African-American woman in the service was enough for her. And then she also had her husband. So there were many times where we got calls to the house and it was, well, can I speak to Sarni Zell? Well, which one? And well, your parents, well, my mom or my dad. <laughs> oh, oh, so both of them. Uh, so it was very, that was something growing up that I had to um, have. And then we had parents that were always deployed. I always had a single parent in the sense. So one dad, my dad was home and then my mom would be gone. My mom would be there and my dad would be gone. And so um, navigating high school was probably the roughest for me mm. just because my senior year, both of my parents were deployed. I was actually raised by my grandmother my senior year wow. who had no idea how to send an email. She was not a tech savvy <laughs> kind of grandma. It was, I can get you to school, I can get you home. <laughs> I can and feed you. Was much, <laughs> it was very basic living arrangements going on. Um, so senior year, um, you know, it's a big transition in your life, you know, from, yeah. you know, being a child and trying to take that first step into adulthood and to not have your parents there and not really having that loving environment at home that you, you know, see on TV, you see on movies because your parents, they're in the military. They, they have a job to serve in tech. They're gone a lot of the time. So you learn to have that outer shell as well. Mm. And so my sister had joined the Navy. My older sister, she joined the Navy. And then my brother went off to college on a football scholarship and my other sister dropped out. So it was, okay, well, what do I do? Like, I, I kind of want to go to college, but I don't know anything about college. My parents didn't go to college. I'm not a football player. So <laughs> <laughs> military it was. So I went Air Force because there is a swim test in the Navy that I was not going to pass. <laughs> my sister would call home and say, I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm like, well, you swim better than me. So I'm going to go Air Force because there's no swim test. So I joined the Air Force. Here I am my first year. And the reality check for me, because it's always cute that, oh, you know, when you're little, oh, I'm a play soldier and I'm going to do this and that. Yeah. But reality hit for me when I graduated basic training and I called my first base and they told me you deploy in a month. Mm. Literally I'm this fresh out of school, 17 year old parents had to help sign me up for the military. Cause I wasn't old enough and I'm being told I'm deploying before my 18th birthday. That was when reality said in like, you're in this, you are contracted. It's real. The military. You are about to deploy everything you have seen on TV. Stop watching because you're going to freak yourself out. Stop <laughs> watching all TV. No commercials. Like, no, nothing. 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 So um, 
uh, growing up, I grew up in having to go to my grandmother's church every now and then, um, but no place on the regular. You know, if parents not around, you don't really get too into religion that much. Uh, it's emotion. And for my military family, emotion wasn't something that you That's could real. just fluctuate anywhere. So um, I knew that church. I had that church. Um, I had them join me under watch care when I joined the military because I knew I wasn't going to be at home. So they couldn't be my home church, but they were the church I knew. So I had them um, put me under their watch care. So my first deployment, um, they're sending me gift packages and they're sending me care packages. You know, I'm feeling really great about it. And I find myself still just very lonely and very nervous. And every day I just don't feel at peace. I'm so worried because my job was to go look for bombs. Like I was special forces. So I knew that if I did my job correctly, I would either find a bomb or not find a bomb. Right. And either one is super scary for this 18 year old. That now was just, I was just dissecting frogs like a couple months ago. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Legit. <laughs> so wow. I find this church that's on the base. It's on the base during the deployment. I find this church and it's all army people. So I automatically feel, you know, at ease because all I know is army. I, I was more uneasy about my Air Force comrades because I don't been with them for a month. Yeah. One month. I don't know if you're ready to save my life. I don't know if I'm ready to save your life. I don't know what you look like when you're nervous, what you look like when you're focused. Like, I don't know your mannerisms. Right, right. Enough to be like, oh, okay, they're fine. I know they look really freaked out, but they're fine. <laughs> like, I, I don't know you enough. So I get to this church and it's just automatically good. Just gives this peace over me when I go in there. I'm hearing songs that I never heard before, but something about those songs and being around those people just, I wanted more. And so I was finding myself, you know, staying up a little later or actually socializing with those people. And I was always trying to find them, always trying to connect with them, always trying to figure out what was going on in the church. And my Air Force comrades actually started getting upset at me for mm. it. They started saying, why are you hanging out with all the army people? Why are you, you know, why can't you come hang out with us? And I just didn't feel as welcome. I didn't feel connected with them. I didn't feel like they wanted the same things that I want in life. Yeah. So it was just, that's bit, just what it was. Yeah, a little tougher there, yeah. It was. So that made it really hard because I have to trust y'all with my life, but I trust these people with my soul. Mm. Like I trust them with my spirit more than I trust y'all. I have to trust y'all. I'm choosing to trust them. So it was a whole different atmosphere going on. And when I got back from that deployment, so first deployment, green light, nothing happened. I was good to go, came back safe, celebrated my 19th birthday in the desert. Came back. Oh, so that was yes. pretty long. That was pretty long deployment. That, that was one of my longest ones. I celebrated 18 and 19 on my first deployment. So that was a really, really long deployment. Came back from the first deployment and I went to my high school homecoming. I went to my high school homecoming, you know, my alma mater. I'm going, let's do this. And I end up um, finding someone that knew my routine, knew my routine from high school, mm -hmm. me and my brother. Sometimes my brother would, as a football player, he's going to the after party. I'm going home. I'm a nerd. I want to study. I'm going home. So <laughs> someone that knew our routine, um, sometimes after a game when he was going to a party, he would have one of his friends drive me home. Sometimes I knew who they were. Sometimes I didn't. I was a nerd. I wasn't super social. It was fine. And so this is someone that knew our routine, took me, and I ended up being raped that same mm -hmm. night. 
Now, at this time, after my first deployment, because I felt so connected to the church, I found a local church at that first base. So I joined that church, super threw myself in. I was children's choir, youth choir, like part of the ministry, fellowship every Sunday, everything. Once I got raped, everything changed. My whole life changed. Everything I knew life to be. And felt not like just in the in the the typical sense where you would think, like, I've had this traumatic experience change, but like right. even beyond the traumatic experience, there was change right. on top of that change. Right. All 360, my world had changed. Everything I knew the church to be wasn't what I knew it to be. Everything I knew, um, you know, how I saw my parents and how I saw what our love was, that was a disconnect. My siblings was a disconnect. Mm. My military lifestyle, everything was a disconnect. I had comrades who I just spent a deployment with you putting hangers in my locker, telling me to get an abortion mm. I because I was useless to them because I couldn't put on my flat vest and do rough marches every day because now I'm pregnant. I had, you know, parents that were both overseas at the time who couldn't talk to me as much. They couldn't, you know, I couldn't really tell if I had that connection with them, if I had that support from them or not. I had a brother that felt like he failed me as a big brother because the minute we parted ways, something happened. I had a church that made me sit down from everything that I was involved in because I should be ashamed of my pregnancy. Mm. There's a reason that I chose not to tell them that I was pregnant when really I just wasn't ready to talk about it. Yeah. It was, it was my virginity. It was an assault. It was someone I didn't know. And I'm sitting here pregnant. I didn't even know I was pregnant until I was scheduled for my next deployment. I was three months pregnant when I found out. Before you found out. It was literally, I went to the doctor, I got tested Oh, well, do you want to know the gender of your baby? I'm pregnant. It was mind boggling. Wow. So you didn't get that. You didn't even get to, excuse me, have an experience with that because they assumed Mm. you knew given how far along you were. So they're just like, hey, just drop it on you versus like, hey, did you know? Nope. Wow. I had no clue. Absolutely no clue. So I had to figure out everything. Another stage of being an adult that I was once again on my own, it was, okay, well, now I can't live in the barracks because you can't have a baby in the dorm. So now I have to find an apartment. I've never found an apartment before. I've never lived alone. I don't know how to budget all of that. I don't know what I need in an apartment, what I don't need, what an average amount looks like. I don't know any of this. All I know is my local church family. So that's interesting that um, you said that you had your Air Force squad, that you had, you, you had to trust them because mm-hmm. of the nature of your work and your job. Mm-hmm. you had your church family that you chose to trust mm-hmm. because of the connection to your soul and what you felt from them and what you received in that, that relationship. Mm-hmm. But in this pivotal moment in your life, like in this time, both of those things, the by force and by choice, they are no longer resources and and not in no way supportive of you during such a hard time during your life. No. I was and, and your and both your parents are deployed at the same time though. So you man. And I'd only been at this base for one month because as soon as I got there, I deployed. Mm. So I, I was literally You didn't even have relational there. equity from there was nothing. time before then. There was nothing. Here I am now, this six month pregnant, first time mom. 
and I'm having to move from the third floor of the dorms to find an apartment. Moving by yourself alone is hard in itself. But moving by yourself six months pregnant is even harder. Yeah. And finding yeah. an apartment and putting down deposits and all these things. I didn't even know how to write a check. All of these things, me trying to figure out as this now 19-year-old. So it was a lot. It was probably the most stressful time of my life. It was probably the worst pregnancy experience I could think of. To just be completely abandoned and you're on your own. And I'm just like, I don't have, I don't have spiritual guidance. I don't have, I don't have my family support. I don't have my my coworkers. I'm literally just me. Yeah. And I'm sitting in my apartment one day and I'm just like, I'm done. I'm like, God, I know you. I know who you are. I know, I know why you are who you are, but I, I can't go back to that church. I can't feel ashamed of something that I it was not my fault. Yeah. I was like, I can't go back there. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to find you again. I don't know how I'm going to connect with you again, but I can't go back there. Because at that time, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to just worship on my own. I didn't know how to just put on songs and, you know, pick songs and that were going to make me feel some kind of way. I didn't know how to do any of that. You know what? Because I'm, oh, I, so like, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, it's so interesting that, so like you, you just say that hey, at this point, God, I ain't too sure about this. Out of everything that you just described happening to you in your life, there, there are so many others, probably countless stories that we don't know a name or a face. And we don't know the story where the outcome was drastically different. And they gave up a lot more mm-hmm. than just up on God. Mm-hmm. And man, I really want that to sink in because it, for me, like it, it speaks to like, although you, you know, your, your grandmother exposed you to God and you had this experience, but that there was something happening in you and around you, call it the grace of God that like, man, how he protected you. Yes. Because there could have been lives lost on the back of what was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your child yours. So when I say that there have been other, other outcomes, like there are people who I'm certain if this had happened to them or when it did happen, that they're not here, they were not there to tell the story. There was no child that could potentially come into the room, like in your example and, and, and speak to, or just say hi. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that there are so many things that you could have lost or how this story could have played out and that through it all, you're like, well, I know I don't have support here. So now, God, I just kind of want to challenge what you, what I know about me. And maybe, right. maybe, maybe we should kind of like you put the, the relationship on break. Like maybe we should take a break. Right. That's, that's massive. Right. Just to think about that, that protection, that covering, even before you were all the way in and, and knew oh, it yeah. for yourself. Wow. Oh yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew things about God, you know, things that you learn in church, you learn yeah. little jingles and everything as a child, but nothing had soaked in as an adult. I knew I was supposed to go. I knew to get closer to God. This is where I needed to go to learn. But then when that turns on you, when the people that are there that are supposed to be leading you and guiding you, when they all turn on you, it's okay. Well, God, I know I want to get to know you. I know I want to be close to you, but I don't know how on my own. I don't, I don't know what to do. So right now, 
I know that I can't go back there because what they stand for isn't what you stand for. So I know I can't go back there because they're not going to lead me to you. So there's no point going back there. And it's crazy because the day after I had my son, the whole time, I don't hear from anybody. The day after I had my son, I get a call from the first lady saying, hey, we heard you had your baby. You know, we hope to see you at church on Sunday. Mm. First call I've gotten in months. Everything else I'd already done on my own. First call I got in months. And that was the only call I got. And it and it actually wasn't really a wellness check. It was like a point of information. No. You had a baby. We hope to see you soon. Not that are you it. okay? How did it go? Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Oof. So 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 what so so what what happened there? What happened after? Not necessarily there, but what happened after then? Like um whether it's that that next step was it that call that charged you up even more to your next your next port the next portion of your journey towards this destination of more because I know you've 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 achieved a level and reached more and I also know that there's still more in front of you that you have yet to obtain that God has in store for you so man what what happened after all this is a, a, a lot to take in and for somebody to 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 even be able to sit here and share with us and we definitely do appreciate your transparency in this. Well, um, knowing that I just felt just so abandoned and so alone and so depressed, I decided in that moment that I wasn't going to let all of this define me. Because like you said, there's so many stories out there that, you know, could be similar with different outcomes. And, you know, it just depends on how much of your heart you're willing to change a bad situation into a good one. And I'm like, okay, God, I I don't know you the way that I want to know you. And this isn't the place that I'm going to get to know you, but I'm not going to dwell in the bad of this whole situation. Like, yeah, it was a bad situation. My parents were deployed. I had been assaulted. I'm sitting here pregnant. I'm young. I don't know anybody. I'm All the odds were stacked, stacked, yeah, stacked, stacked. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can either let this be your defiant, defiant moment in life, or you can turn around and let your results of this, let how you get out of this be your own whole rationality of that. So you took because back, you took, you took back control. I took, I took it all back. I was yeah. like, at the end of the day, I don't want Jaden to feel like he kept me from anything because I know there's a lot of single moms and, you know, they'll say like, oh, you know, I feel like, you know, I had to put stuff on hold. I had to do this on hold. Even families, I had to, you know, we had to stop this because the kids came and I didn't want Jaden to feel like he held me apart from anything. So um, when he was about six or seven weeks old, I had went on my last deployment. And that was probably a really, really tough one. Um, he was six, seven weeks old. He had to stay, you know, with my grandmother. And when I got back, he didn't recognize me. Oh. You know, he was only six weeks old when I left him. So um, Haiti happened. We had about a 72-hour response to Haiti. So when Haiti happened, we were out there. And that was when I actually got hit. Mm. We found um, what's called a daisy chain. So a daisy chain is you take in... Um, you take an IED or an explosive device, impromptu explosive device, and the same way you see beads on a chain, that's how these bombs are lined up. It's bomb chain, bomb chain, and so we call it a daisy chain. So somewhere as we're traveling, there's a daisy chain, and the first truck doesn't catch it in time. So I literally watched my comrades fly mm. in the air. Their truck is on fire. They're they're done, and my truck, my Humvee, we swerve, but we don't miss it all the way either because it's a daisy chain. So I can hear 
my two comrades down below screaming as I sit in my gunner seat. So you think of a swing at a park. That's all the security I had. I was mm. sitting on this little flimsy swing with a giant 50 cal machine gun attached to me. So I go flying. There's no seatbelt. There's nothing keeping me in because I'm on this little swing. Yeah. So I hear them scream. And then the next thing I know, I'm flying in the air. And my 50 cal barrel hits me in the back of the head. And I'm out. I'm out. I think they said I was out for about two months, two or three months. I was, I was unconscious. I was done. Wow. Um, when I woke up, um, there's a lot of it that I, I still don't remember to this day. I'm, I mean, I know that I hear things about your mind mentally blacking out certain parts of your life. And um, I think that's just pretty much what happened. That trauma is just a lot of it's blacked out. Uh, all I know is that we were hit. I know I got hit in the back of the head. And I know that I was out for whatever amount of time that they told me that I was out for. Um, the thing about when you get hit, you can't call, you can't call home. So I'm already out for two months. My parents hadn't heard from me for even longer than that because I had to get all this debriefing and all these things had to happen before I could even make a phone call. So my parents are now going on four or five months. They haven't heard from their child. And then the first thing they hear is, oh, well, yeah, I was in an explosion. So automatically their brain was just going off, going off. My dad happened to be in Iraq with me. Mm. He was at another portion of Iraq. So he actually took a convoy he had that was coming through where I was stationed. And he was actually able to come to the base that I was at and actually see me. Wow. And um, that, after that, they put me in supply. So I didn't have to go out to look for bombs anymore. They put me in supply until the end of the deployment. And then I came back home, but that was my so. Very so last after time. after your two or three months stint of being unconscious, you kind of mm-hmm. came back full circle, like functioning and so on. So there wasn't um, um, a delay. I know sometimes there depends upon the nature of the injury uh, that there might be some delay bet- between um, when you uh, regain consciousness and I guess resume normalcy. If mm-hmm. if if that's the point that you kind of started at. But so say when I, had, when I went back to work, I don't know how much time was in between. A lot, a lot of time, time in between. between. A okay. lot of time in between. Um, it was a lot of my fine motor skills um, were gone. A lot of my speaking was gone. And um, I ended up developing what's called uh, TBI, traumatic brain injury. So most people know PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, can happen from any dramatized moment. So it doesn't have to be military. It doesn't have to just be civilian. It's not labeled as one thing or the other. So any traumatizing thing that's happening to you, that's PTSD. So traumatic brain injury is PTSD times 20. Mm. So it gives me an emotional imbalance that's more severe than someone that would have PTSD. So I can't help mine. My triggers just aren't based on the experience. You could talk about almost anything. And it could set me off and you don't mean to. And I know you don't mean to, but because it's triggered me in some kind of way, I feel my anger, but I also can't make it go away, even though I know you didn't mean to do it. So I just always try to eliminate myself from those situations when I know they didn't mean to. I'll just kind of, you know, give a nice little cordial, but kind of like in the conversation because I feel myself rising, but I can't help it. Um, My memory is still very skittish. I'm very... Um, 
organized. It made me organize even more. So when I go to stores, I have to park in the same spot every single time or one other spot. If I don't park in those two spots, I could go in for ice cream and come back out and not remember where my car is. It could be that quick. If I have to go to the store where normally I just go to work and come home, I have to tell myself all day, you're going to the store today. You're going to the store today. And I have to set an alarm in my phone. You're going to the store today. You're going to the store today. When I get in my car, you're going to the store today. You're going to the store today. Or I will literally drive all the way home and forget I even had to go. So everything is a list, reminder, alarm all day, every day. And even, even the way you describe, so I can imagine uh, to a, a listener, a viewer of this episode, and they're like, but Kat, like, where's the more, right? Even in the way that you describe that you have um, designed your life, how, how it's altered your life, but yet you've been able to um, seize the opportunities mm-hmm. and allow for yourself to become a better version of yourself. And we talk about that a lot here, but like you can even hear it in the way that you're like you're you're describing like okay i know that i can be triggered and when i am i have these things that i can do in order to remove myself because of the fact that i can't control it just to be like hey breathe breathe three times cat calm down like no mm-hmm. it's not it's not going away like that right. but there there are things that you can do and ways that you can set yourself up to be the person that you want to be to let God's light shine through you, to reflect him. So that even if in conversation before, I have been one of those persons that triggered you, like <laughs> even if it were me, like I, I don't have a story to tell, to say like, yeah, yo, me went off today. No. And so you, 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 you are, you are doing a phenomenal job of letting God use you and his light shine through you. And so with all that you've shared with us today, like, tell us, tell us more, uh, tell us more about your more, like even <laughs> in making the best of these situations, um, where, where's that? Get, more? I chose to get my bachelor's degree. So when I got out of the military, um, like I said, I didn't want my son to hold me back from anything that I wanted to accomplish in life. No one in my family had a degree. So I chose to go out and get my degree and I ended up with two. So, um, my very first, um, degree was when they were judging my disability. So um, again, I'm still not in the church. I'm five, six years strong, not in the church still right now. And so um, I'm waiting on my disability, waiting, I'm waiting on it, waiting on it. And I get a rating of 100% total permanent. Now, I didn't know what that meant. But as I'm telling other veterans, they're like, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. My parents that are 20 years retired don't even have 100%. I don't know how great of a blessing it is at the time. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how I'm about to make my rent, how I'm about to get my son to school, and my bank account says zero. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, you know, when the money comes in, you're going to be great. You're going to be fine. And so I remember the day that I got it, I'm sitting in my math class, and I'm like, okay, rent's due in a couple weeks. And, okay, Jaden's cabinet is full of food. He's good to go. Um, and I got some noodles. I'm all right. I'm going to make it. And I'm like, I'm just going to check this account because I'm sitting in math and I don't want to take this math test. So I'm sitting in math. I'm going to look at some numbers, but not the numbers on this test. (laughs) (laughs) So I check my bank account and lo and behold, all of my pay and back pay is right there. And I'm financially secure. Little did I know that that was coming and I cried. Like I had to leave the test because I cried because I just... 
I felt like just giant weight was just lifted because I had no, I was like, I know I'm doing the right things. I know I'm doing all the things that I know to do, except this, this, like, God, I'm not, I haven't found nobody yet. I can't, I can't get to you, but I'm doing everything that I know I'm supposed to be doing as a good person. I know that I'm making sure that I'm not being sad, being angry. I'm not letting my emotions get the best of me, even though this is a disability that I have among other things. I'm making sure that I'm living my life to the best of my ability that I know how right now. And so when I got my second degree is when I started to open up more. I was like, okay, at this point, it's like six, seven years in, I need to get to church. Like I, like at this point, the only songs that are moving me are songs that I know from deployments Mm. because, but that's the situation that I was in. I want to know how to find songs. I want to know how to pray. I want to know how to read my Bible correctly. I want to know how to take a verse and make that verse last me a whole page worth of journal notes. Like I want to know more. And so Surprisingly, I kept getting invited to churches, kept getting invited throughout the years. And at this point, after I got my bachelor's degree, I was going, I was going as a curse. It was more so, okay, you invited me, I'll go, no problem. Okay. All right, it was cool. See you at work or see you wherever. And that was pretty much it. And then um, I got invited by Kent Justin to Freedom. Um, I got invited to Freedom. He his daughter and my son, um, they got along. He had came to a couple of Jaden's birthday parties. And so he invited me to freedom. So I go and I'm like, oh, okay, well, this was nice. Like every like when you walk into freedom, like you're gonna say good morning. Like at some point, <laughs> because everybody is in your face, they are smiling, they are happy. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Like at some point you're gonna say it because everybody's gonna keep saying you open your mouth. <laughs> there's, there's no other option. <laughs> So they're saying good morning to me. They're saying good morning to Jaden. And I'm just like, okay, everybody's really friendly. And so I'm still, I still feel like that cage spirit. I'm still there. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sit in the back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna relax. Like, okay, Ken Justin's over there. So I'm gonna worry about him sitting next to me, judging me not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, worship wasn't something that I knew how to do. I mean, I lost it during deployments. You know, I felt it. I, I was, I was with my soulmates. We were up there, we were in the spirit, we were getting it. And then I lost all that. And so when I got to freedom, I, I, I started getting like the little twinkle in vibes. And then I got to worship and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just sit here. Jaden, just sit here. We're gonna, we're gonna clap. Keep it together. together. Keep it together. And we're gonna, ready? that's it. Military <laughs> baron, that's it. We went real, real military, brought it all down. <laughs> Cause I didn't remember how to worship anymore. Like that was it. <laughs> So, um, and then I hear Pastor Robert and, you know, I'm just like, I really, I really like him. Like, I don't even know him, but I, I really like his vibe. I really like how he's relating things. It's just, I feel like I could learn how to use this in my life and not just learn how to read it in a book correctly. Yeah, yeah. I could learn when he did this. Oh, that was like when this happened. That was like when this, that was like, you know, I felt it a lot more. And that was a feeling that I'd never had before, even in the watch church, even in the church that I chose to join. I never felt like this is something that I can relate to my life. It was more so always, this is the lesson. This is what you learned. That's it. And so I leave the church. I'm still not ready. So months, years, I think another year and a half, two years went by Mm. and I'm still getting invited to churches. 
And then all of a sudden, I'm like, it's time for me to actually sit down and do this. Mm. Because I, I get pregnant again. I have another son um, named Michael. So I get pregnant again. And at this point, Jaden is eight, eight, nine years old. And I'm like, I don't want my child to not know God. Like, at the end of the day, I love God. I, I don't know how to get to him, but I love him. Yeah. And I, yeah. I want my son to love him, too. I want him to know, like, he's here for him. And I don't want him to ever feel like anything is wrong with, you know, the way that, you know, he came into this world or that, you know, he doesn't have a father figure around. I don't want him to ever feel like that hurt me or like it should hurt him because you have a father that's greater than any father you're going to get on earth anyway. Come on, come on. And I felt like he wasn't going to know that from me. I felt like, you know, children, children do what they see, especially within their parents. The foundation they have is because of their parents. So I can't tell you, oh, you should love God because I love God. Well, mom, you don't, I never seen you in your Bible. I never seen yeah. you. We don't pray together. We don't go to church. So I knew in that moment for him to be the best version of him, I knew he needed to get into a church that was going to really develop his mind as a young, impressionable boy. And then I also needed him to feel like at the end of the day, he has a strong father figure no matter what, all day, every day. And Michael really pushed me. Having Michael really pushed me to do that. So it's like Jaden pushed me to push myself. And then Michael pushed me to push my spirit. So Jaden pushed my physical and Michael pushed my spiritual. And I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm proud of both of them because yeah. they pushed me places I was never going to get on my own. So when I got to that point, it was, okay, well, I really like this church that I kind of been going to a little in and out, but it's really not, it's not hitting the way I need it to. And um, I talked to Jaden and he didn't really like the children's church. He felt like, you know, a lot of it was just not tailored around his age. It was more so just all the children are in here. We're coloring a picture today or, you know, we're not, yeah, we're not learning, you know, a lesson. So I was like, okay, I need something. And I went back to the feeling I had at Freedom and that feeling that I had never felt anywhere else before. And I was like, okay let's go back to freedom. So uh, I text Ken Justin. I'm like, Hey, you know, what, what are the times for your church again? <laughs> what are the times for your church again? Um, and he lets me know and I, I get in there and I'm still very, very reserved and I'm letting, I'm letting Jaden go to the children's church and I'm still holding on to Michael um, because I mean, he's a baby. I'm very protective. I'm still holding on to him. So I let Jaden go. And I'm holding on to Michael and again, worship. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm very military, very in control. But then there's a life group. There's a life group called a worship life group. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, you good. <laughs> Man, you be working. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Right. So I go in this life group and you know, we're really just talking about all these different things, what worship is, you know, what it means to us. And you know, we're really just diving in. And I'm like, like, this is great, this is great. Everybody's being so transparent every single week, and we're all talking, and this is great. And then um, they challenge us to stand uh, on the front row, <laughs> on the front row of worship one day. And I'm like, Ooh. and they're like, okay, you know, there's a couple, there's a couple ways that people worship. You know, you can do the hands in the lap, you can do the whole TV, or you know, you can do the release. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, this is holding the TV, huh? About <laughs> that TV, <laughs> right? And so I went and I just. I just let it go. I just let it all go. And in that moment that I just let go, surprisingly, 
ironically, God knew what he's doing, Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I had another Lee. The song that was playing was the last song that I did with the church on my deployment. Mm. That was the first song that the worship team did that day. And I was just like, I was like, these songs give me every time. First note, just cry. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it just it felt like because once I first got to freedom again, when I was when I was choosing to actually be consistent in it, it was like that cage spirit, it was like the door was open, but I wasn't ready to, you know, go through it. I wasn't ready to free myself. The cage was open, but I wasn't ready to free myself. And in that moment, it was just I flew. I flew. It was it was it was done. And and like right after that, it was like things just kept aligning, like to tell me like this is the place for you. Right after that, night of hope. <laughs> Night of Hope is there, and that's when I'm seeing you close and personal for the first time. I'm seeing First Lady for the first time. I'm seeing Pastor for the first time. All of these people, all these key people up close and personal for the first time. Now, the last time I was close to a pastor or a first lady or anybody that was, you know, above in the congregation, anybody that was a part of that shunned me mm. when I had Jaden. I was done. They didn't want to talk to me. They didn't want to call me. They didn't care how my, you know, well-being was doing on my, that of my child. So to be close to these people again, and I'm seeing them in action, they're like, hey, let me know how you doing. Oh, you know my name? Hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, I remember because Marisha had put me in charge of the children that day. And it was like, she doesn't even know me. She doesn't know if I'm a volunteer. I'm not even a church member. And she's like, hey, do you wanna do you wanna handle this with the kids? Do you wanna handle this craft? And I'm like, oh, you trust me? You know I have a son, right? You know I'm not married. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it yeah. was just so surreal. And I'm just like, these, I'm, I'm just looking at everybody and I'm just like, yeah, these are my people. These are my people. And I'm I'm seeing you, and honestly, I was intimidated by you. I was intimidated by you. And not because I thought you were going to be rude or condescending. I was intimidated by you because I wanted my spirit to be as free as yours. Mm. Like I was, I was fighting myself, battling my inner self to be the self that I knew I could be that I was seeing in you. That's good. That's good. I followed you. I followed you. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I, did I say that right? I followed you. I followed you. That's good. And that's what it was. And I would, I would, I would watch you. Like I, I would watch you at the church. I, like after Night of Hope, I would watch. I'd watch you at Night of Church. I would watch you at volunteer opportunities. I was watching Kent Justin. I was watching Marisha. I was watching all these people whose spirit was where my spirit wanted to be. Mm. And it was like y'all were magnets. Y'all were magnets to people that you know just just needed more. And I wanted more, so I just wanted to be around y'all and watch y'all, so I could bring people to want more too. It was like I'm yeah, gonna do what you're yeah, doing. Yeah. So I, bring me in, and. Ever since then, I've just been at Freedom, and they've just been loving on my boys and loving on me, and they just, I never feel wrong or ashamed or like there should be some blame for any part of my situation for, you know, being deployed in the military, shooting my gun at people, having a child out of wedlock. I don't feel any anything but love. When I look at them, when I speak to them, when they look at me, all I see is love. I'm just now to the point where I'll say more than one or two sentences to Pastor, <laughs> one or two sentences to Marisha. Like I think we just went on a hike about a month ago, and that 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 was nerve wracking because I'm I'm letting them in more and more. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. That's real. 
it's very like I love that they approach me the same way you approach me. I love that you approach me. I wanted you to approach me, but then when you do it, it's like, oh, oh wait, she really did call. Like, hold on, <laughs> too fast, coming in hot. Calm down. <laughs> so that's that's what it's been. It's like I'm so glad. You know, it's always love. It's always you know we want you. There's a passion. There's hey, you, we want all of us to thrive. We want all of us to just be there together. I want to love you the same way you want to love me. It's a family. Yeah. It's it's never felt like anything other than a family. Even when it was really awkward and I didn't know what that feeling was, it was family. It was family. Yeah. It was family. And Always. You, you get those awkward moments around real family, too. <laughs> like, like, real, real quick. It's just like family. <laughs> Yo, there's, man, there's so much in everything that you yeah. just said. Like, what I hear the loudest, though, it, as, I, as I listen, literally, that, like, your journey is, like, so, like, it just really, for me, like, captures how God pursues us. That, like, from day one, that mm-hmm. he's been present, he's been protecting, he's been providing, mm-hmm. he's been healing. He's been so strategic and and placing and 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 coming after coming after you and and setting up opportunities. Yeah. And and man, that he's been there the entire time. And although I say it culminates, you know, I know this isn't the end, but like it culminates here with in seeking him, you get connected and plugged into a family because he didn't design us to be alone, right? Right. Like sinful nature. You had some experiences that right? God wasn't like, oh, yeah, yep, it's sin, right? Mm-hmm. These things, there, there are a lot of things that happen to us in life. And there are even things that we do. And yeah, it's not ideal. It's not the best. Like we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves. Right. But that all through all of that, like it all brings you right back to him, mm-hmm. which is where you started. Like, yeah, I, I like this. I like this. I, I, I want more of this. And to come back to that same place, that same feeling. Mm-hmm. And and even when you were indirectly pursuing it, like like I, I love the way you captured it with uh, with Jaden and Michael, that one pushed you in the natural and the other one pushed you in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And how you were a willing vessel. You're like, I don't know exactly how I'm going to be used, but because you were open to it, that God still, man, all things, Romans 8 and 28, right? All things are working. All things. Pastor just literally talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? <laughs> like all things. And do you know that all things really means all things? That they're working for your good. And it is, it's such an honor. Like, and I'm, I've said honor a couple of times, but it's because I mean it, right? It's such an honor to be able to share with you, to hear your testimony and to see where God has brought you, even when you didn't understand that it was his hand and how he was moving, but that it all came to, a, it, it was all working together and all mm-hmm. like, man, you're, you're, and I know you say, you know, I don't really talk about myself, but like <laughs> just your journey. It is something to, that there are going to be people. I won't even say women that hear, but there are people that will hear right. this, that there, there are all sorts of seeds in your testimony and oh, that somebody will receive it in their spirit and let it be watered, that they can be encouraged mm-hmm. by like literally. And I, I, I say it weekly that everything that we go through, right? It's an opportunity for you to become a better version of yourself. Right. 
And I, when I say that, it didn't exclude Lamia's testimony, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't exclude what happened to you after your, your assault, after your first deployment, right? It didn't exclude right. that. That's not, nobody's volunteering like, yeah, put that in my story. No, but it still doesn't exactly. exclude it. Mm -hmm. And it's still, be, it, and you seize those moments, the opportunities to become a better version of yourself and that you didn't do it alone, that he was with you the whole time. And yes. now that connection <laughs> is stronger. So that mm -hmm. more, we sit down again and have a testimony or, or a, a, a conversation <laughs> about the, the more that you're headed to, like it's even mm -hmm. more amplified and God can get even more glory. Cause you have like, you, you plugged into the source. You're like, nah, it's not Wi-Fi, man. It's that ethernet. Yes. <laughs> I'm plugged yes. right in, right? It <laughs> no the signal doesn't get any stronger than this. This is man. So, 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 honored and, and, and appreciative that you would, that you would, that you would share with us today and allow for other people's lives that your that your testimony, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, the word of our testimony so that, that you open your mouth and you share that testimony. So you continue to overcome and that you thrive and be all that God has called you to be in this season and the next. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Um, tell us, tell us, tell us what's, what's ahead in terms of the more that you uh, feel you're pressing toward in this season? Um, in this season, I feel like I'm pressing towards just really diving in to disabilities. Um, so both of my children are autistic. And I feel like as teaching English as a second language, I teach online English as a second language to Asian children. And I feel like my children here with autism, it's such a broad spectrum. It's such a broad spectrum. It's like someone learning English. Mm -hmm. It's something that, you know, you have to learn what's going to make them tick towards where they understand it. And they're very smart. It's their brain just learns a different way. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the more I watch them because they're on two totally opposite sides of the spectrum, the more I watch them, the more I want to dive into that for more parents that are, you know, maybe struggling to learn how to cope with, you know, just getting the news that their ch child is on the autism spectrum disorder, or they're just now, you know, learning different methods, or they're not really sure where the resources are. And I really just want to have that kind of platform for them so they cannot feel like they're alone. That's good. Because um, a biggest thing for me was just that feeling of feeling alone. And I try to take all the moments that I felt alone and try to transform them into something better for somebody else. That's so my pregnancy, I felt very alone. So now when I hear someone tell me that they're pregnant, I'm very hands-on. I'm very, hey, do you need to ride to your doctor's appointment? Like, hey, I have some clothes for you, this and that. And it's not them calling me. It's me calling them, me blowing up their phone, because that was a moment that I felt alone. Another moment I felt alone was when my child was diagnosed with autism. I didn't know what autism was. I didn't know the first thing about it. I didn't know where to go for a speech delay. I didn't know where to go for fine motor skills. I didn't know any of that. And my parents didn't know anything about it. So they're thinking, oh, he's going to grow out of it. He'll be fine. And like, no, this is a real live disorder. Yeah. And I had to learn that for him. And so now with my youngest son, Michael, I'm learning it even more. I'm learning it all over again. So now they're on two opposite sides. One is learning life skills, washing dishes, vacuuming the floor, sweeping the floor. You would think that's an easy task for an 11-year-old. Not one on the autism spectrum disorder. It's, it's a total different learning process. Then you have a toddler that's learning his ABCs, learning his one, two, threes, learning that my name is mama. Like two totally opposite sides, but they both still learn different. So yeah. I'm still having to retrain myself 
to teach the younger one and remember how I taught the older one, but now he's learning a new skill. And I want to be able to transform and bridge that gap for parents to their children that have any type of disability. So I'm getting certified in autism spectrum disorder, disability, um, in Asperger's, in ADHD and ADD children, because my plan is to eventually once um, Michael starts school, which will be in March, he'll be starting pre-K. So uh, I'm going to give him about a year or two because I know there'll be some behavioral developmental um, things going on there. But once he's solid in school, I really want to just get in and be just a teacher's aide because another place that I felt like not I would be alone, but my children might feel alone is in school because they're not adults yet. And I want them to know that I'm there for them no matter what. And when I'm not there, God's there. Yeah. So another place that they might feel just overwhelmed where I can't get to them and they can't hear God the way that they can hear God when they're in the house or in their prayer closet, then I want to know that they're taken care of in there. And so I want to be a teacher's aide for special needs children. Um, I'm also a really big fitness buff. So <laughs> so are you now? <laughs> I'm a really big fitness buff. But for me, fitness is about the journey. So I don't care. When I was a personal trainer, my heart wasn't in it. I was a great personal trainer because I knew what I was doing, but I couldn't bring myself to, hey, you really need these personal trainer, you know, lessons. But what's your diet look like? Oh, well, I just had peanut butter today because I had to pay. And so, you know, we're really struggling. I don't want me to be a burden on you. I want me to be something that uplifts you, not something that sets you down. So for me, it was more about the knowledge. So I'm very big on fitness. So anyone that has any type of fitness needs or they're wondering anything, I'm always in the books, in the books, learning different ways. If you have scoliosis, if you just had a hip replacement, if you had a knee injury, like I can modify, tailor anything to what you need. If you're trying to lose weight, sculpt, tone, difference between pound and body fat percentage, all these things that people don't think of, they're just like, oh, well, I want to look kind of like that. Okay, well, if you look like that, let's break that down. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. this, 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 this. Still want to look like that? <laughs> so that's my job. And I just, I just love to just give. And I want to be, I want to be that person that when people interact with me, they don't see my bad. I want them to see the good that God has brought me through. I don't want them to see the bad that the devil tried to put me in, the place that he tried to just condemn me to. I don't want them to see that because that's not who I am and that's not where I stayed. Regardless of whether I talked to God at that time or whether I was intimate with him and connected with him at that time, I knew he was going to bring me somewhere. I knew I I knew he was coming back for me. I knew he wasn't leaving and I knew I was going to get to him. I just didn't know when, but I knew I was going to get to him. And I don't want people to see that bad anytime they see me. I want them to see the light that shines through me because of him. I want them to see, hey, you know, Lamia is a joy. Lamia is a person that you need somebody super energetic and someone that's going to smile and put a smile on your face while they do it. Bring Lamia. We're going to be out here in the cold and it's raining and we're painting this house and all the paint's messed up. Bring Lamia. Like, bring me. <laughs> I want to be the first person people call because they know I'm going to give 110% every time and I'm going to do it with a smile on my face because I know I wouldn't be here without that. Man. Mic drop. <laughs> Wait, that clap isn't even slow enough. <laughs> so classic. I always wanted to see a so clap in real life. I didn't like, give never, it to you. I'm sorry. I always that was if that was it. I apologize because that wasn't it. <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> I'm so sorry that that was your first so clap in real life. That was life. the first one. First one. 
Dang. See, this is why you give 110% because you might be somebody's first, giving them the worst yes. stroke clap they've ever seen. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to call you later. Try that again. <laughs> We're going to try over. Redo. <laughs> Can I get a redo on that slow clap, please? Oh, man, that is just so good. Um, now, if, if you would if you would like, please indulge and um, let let uh, the homies know how they can connect with you. If somebody wants to support what it is you're trying to do, they want to learn more, they want to um, uh, get sculpted, <laughs> like some picture they saw in the magazine, <laughs> like whatever that is, or they if they have a, a child with special needs and and they are struggling, whether they just found out, like whatever it is, you said a mouthful, and um, mm-hmm. I believe not that it can be that it is a blessing to other people. So if there's somebody who even just like, man, you're such a dope person. I want to be connected to you. How can people connect with you? Um, they can find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Um, it is Ezel. Just fitness circuit. I had to think about it because I have two. <laughs> so <laughs> I have an Ezel Just Fitness circuit. So that's going to give you just a quick workout. A lot of people, they go into the gym and they spend hours in there mostly just because they don't know what they're doing. So they don't know how to do a leg day or arm day or what that even means. So, <laughs> so mostly because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I've got little built in circuits. I've got four little exercises and it's little videos that you can just click this video. Okay, I got to do this, 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 this. That's what that's it looks like. And you just got, so I put little circuits. Um, also, I have Ezel Zumba Fitness. So if you're not a weight lifting kind of person, but you like to dance and some Latin music, and I do have some English music, don't panic. Um, Ezel Zumba Fitness is the one for you. So I have two YouTube channels, Ezel Just Fitness Circuit and Ezel Zumba Fitness. And then if they just want to get at me to, you know, hey, I need some more detail about some things or any mom with a special needs child or dad with a yeah. special needs child and you know you're trying to figure it out yourself as well um plenty of links that i know plenty of information that i know you're welcome to email me um it is just my first name lamia period ezel at gmail.com and i will drop all that in the show notes so you guys don't have to guess on the spelling <laughs> and or keep rewinding back like oh, let me get let me get it nope i'll put it Lamia's in the show notes rough. for you so you guys can definitely uh support what Lamia is doing but also if you want to um take advantage of her extending uh, the resources and the knowledge that she um has had the privilege of acquiring over these years um that that is what that is what she's here for and i'm so glad for it man uh this has been such a joy such, such a joy. A joy. Such there, a if, joy. I don't, usually I don't do this, but uh, keep the party going. No, if there's one, if there's <laughs> one more nugget or thing that you could that you could share, um, what would that be? Um, to tell people to share, honestly. Um, I, I was speaking with you before, and this is what, number three. This is my third time to share my testimony. That's it. Three, not even a handful yet. Um, I have not been sharing this very long or very in depth. Uh, the very first time I shared it was with Freedom Church, and I was calling up Kent Justin in tears almost, trying to figure out how I was going to say it and just just share. I mean, when I was sitting there the very first time I shared my testimony, I had it in my head that it was an elevator speech. Okay, I'm going to give myself 30 seconds and I'm going to sit down. I'm not going to get up there and I'm not going to boohoo and do all these things that I see everybody else doing. Don't. When you open up your mouth, just let God guide you. Let him take your tongue wherever it needs to go because there's something that you might think is a minute detail that is the detail someone needed to hear. Mm. It might be a sentence that isn't even major in your testimony. And 
that sentence might be what someone needs to hear. Like it might be as simple as God had me. I knew God was there. And that's something that someone else needs to hear. And so my last nugget would just be to share. Don't be afraid to share. Share as transparent as possible. And there you have it. Share. That is so good, Lamia. Thank you. Um, praying your safe travels. I know you're going to get a row here soon. Um, praying for your safe travels. And I just thank you for your time, for sharing your testimony, and for being open to this opportunity uh, that I sprung up on you. Come <laughs> hey, on this podcast. Uh, but I really, I really do appreciate it. And I'm, I am glad that more people are aware, not just that they should share, but that um, as they receive uh, what you shared with us today, that the homie ship would know and appreciate that there is value, that sharing is caring. So take it all, all the way back to the roots. Sharing is caring. It is, is very caring. valuable. It is very valuable. And we uh, we appreciate you uh, for the time that you um, took today. And the boys held it down. It was like, yeah, mommy, we'll give you we'll give you quiet time, mommy. So kudos to the boys. You get a fist bump. So I know they're not on the candy, but yes. give them a fist bump for me. The lava trick. It works. The lava trick. <laughs> the lava. I just want to thank you for really, honestly, for reaching out to me, for sure. Um, I mean, we've said this before. There's always been some connection between us. We didn't know how we was going to get there. But we knew there was something there. Um, uh, so I just really want to thank you for pulling out, you know, in me. Because I, I, I want to keep telling my story. I know my story has a lot of different aspects in it that can help a vast amount of yeah. people. And it helps me to help others. It helps me to share and not, you know, every time I share, I feel a little less shamed. I feel a little less blamed. I feel a little more free. And so I just want to thank you for coming to me with this opportunity because it just allowed me to just give a little more of myself and let a little more of my bondage drop to the floor. Come on. Break every chain. Yeah. Always in freedom together, man. Yes. <laughs> like literally <laughs> and figuratively. We're going to take it both ways. And on that note, we're going to let the homies go. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. And we're back. Man, man, man. I told you it was an amazing episode. Like, I just love it. There's so many nuggets, the the testimonies shared um, from the valleys uh, to the mountains. And Lamia is such a humble person that um, she doesn't even present her mountains in a bold way. But she has done and is doing so many great and amazing things. She's had some speed bumps, some potholes, uh, some valleys, all of those things that we talk about happen on your journey. But she's chosen to pick a simple solution. Not that it's easy, but it definitely is simple. And that she keeps her eyes on God and she remains open to being uh, used by God and that she is so set on helping others so that the experiences that other people have, that they don't have to be like some of those experiences that she had to go through um, somewhat alone and without true community and support. And she is doing just that. Uh, all the ways that she uh, gave us to connect with her on YouTube and via her email is in the show notes for you guys. So make sure you do that. Um, check out what it is that she's doing. And I dare to say, keep your eyes and your ears peeled because I know that God is going to do something more uh, through her. And uh, I'm sure we all will see it in a much bigger way. And it'll be global. I can, I can, I can feel it. I can feel it coming and shifting. So um, 
again, another episode in the books. So glad that you stayed here and were able to uh, share in this part of the journey. And man, we're going to do it again next week. Same time, same place, same mode. So whether you're listening or you're viewing, just make sure you're doing just that. So remember, This life isn't meant to be lived alone. There's community, there's support, and this is something that we all need to receive and accept. If there's a need that you have, you can hit up people like Lamia, but definitely Kat Nicole is here. Hit me up on uh, social at I am Kat Nicole, or you can roll uh, messages through uh, YouTube, uh, the the podcast platform, however it is, uh, through my email as well. I am Kat Nicole at gmail.com. You can get at me and uh, you'll have that support in that community. If you can't find it tangibly uh, right in front of you, it is still out there. There are resources. We talk about resources all the time, but they are, they are there for you. And I want to make sure you know that in this and every season. But the big thing that we want to remember, the big takeaway from everything that we are, are doing and sharing here on the More For Me podcast is that we need to remember that God has more for me, but he also has more for you. Now let's get it. Take care.